It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to the Giants huddle podcast with Jonathan Casillas. And I have a special guest here, Brandon Short, former New York Giant linebacker, Penn State alumni. Even though I went to Wisconsin, we're still brothers <laughs> at arms, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies brothers and gentlemen, Brandon, Brandon and Short. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> So, man, t- talk to me, man. I I know you have uh, a foundation that you started. Um, yeah. It is the Carly Short Carly Short Better Tomorrow Foundation. Can you give us, you know, what it is and why did you start it? Yeah. Well, well. First of all, thank you for for taking the time um, to to have me on the show to talk about this important issue. You know, gun violence is just is running rampant um, throughout the country, and it's important that we all speak up to do what we can to try to address it. Um, in 2021, um, I experienced every parent's worst nightmare and lost uh, my daughter and her unborn child um, to a senseless act of gun violence. Um, losing a child is devastating and traumatic. And my family and I you know, really struggled with a way to you know, cope, you know, we face anger, sadness, and we just, you know, I'm still figuring out how to cope, you know, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're, we're not alone in this trauma. You know, every day over 110 Americans die in gun-related injuries. The leading cause of death for children is, is gun-related injuries. Oh, and in, in 2000, over 45,000 Americans died from guns. And, you know, every time, you know, I turn on the television and I see another mass shooting and like it brings up all the pain in me every time. Um, I see the families, I see their suffering and want to figure out a way to reach out to them and, and, and help them. So when my wife and I looked um, you know, at gun violence advocacy, we, we saw a lot of organizations in place that were working to prevent gun violence, but not very many that were working to support um, the victims and the survivors, people dealing with the fallout of gun violence. Um, I serve as a member of Penn State's Board of Trustees, and I believe that education is the key to offering young people opportunities. and. Um, that said, you know, college is expensive and extremely challenging under any circumstances, much less um, someone suffering from the fallout from gun violence. So as a result, like my wife and I formed the Carly Short Better Tomorrow Foundation to provide scholarships and mental health support for young people, for college students, you know, grappling with the fallout you know, from gun violence. I was able to look at some of the testimonies from some of the uh, scholarship recipients. Yeah. And, you know, you can kind of, you can hear the pain in their voices when they speak about, you know, some incidents that happened to them and, and the things that, that they're dealing with because of it. Um, why choose that route, the education route? Why choose that route for the scholarships? Well, I guess that education is upward mobility and opportunity. Um, for everyone, I believe that all the world's problems, not all of them, but most of them can be solved through education. All the division in the country, 
and division around the world that you see not liking someone or being in a tribe is because people don't know and don't take time to really understand each other. And, you know, uh, most of the world's problems can be solved through economics as well. People having a job, having an opportunity to take care of themselves and, and feed their families. And the best way that you can provide people that opportunity, both enlightening them to understand people's differences and be accepting and giving them an opportunity to take care of their families is providing an education. So, you know, I couldn't think, and my wife and I couldn't think of a better way to honor our daughter's memory than to create an entire generation of people that may have been suffering from the fallout from gun violence, but providing them that education and hopefully they can go off and become um, leaders to influence others and just pay it forward and help others in a similar way. And how many scholarships have been uh, given out so far? So like in, in our first year, we raised um, $650,000 and wow. we endowed we endowed three scholarships, meaning so they're they will be, you know, at Penn State um, forever, you know, as long as the endowment is managed properly. But we're, we're looking to grow. Um, we want to grow and offer more scholarships. Hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be able to offer six but expand it beyond Penn State and beyond Pennsylvania and, you know, grow, grow it nationally. But, you know, like anything, you know, when you're starting something large, you start small, we start at home. And as you mentioned, you know, we're Big Ten, you know, I'm Penn, I'm Penn State. So I started, you know, with, with Penn State and, you know, we plan to grow from there. So you grew up in McKeesport. That is also the town where the incident happened at with your daughter. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of McKee sports around the country. I'm from Jersey City, New Jersey. Yeah. You got Newark, you got Camden, you got Trenton. I guess what would be an advice you would give to somebody like myself who is an advocate to help younger kids? I'm always in the school system. I have a camp coming up this Saturday for the youth. What yeah. would be your advice to somebody like myself who is a, a father as well, you know, for, you know, that grew up in areas that gun violence runs rampant in? You're, whether you realize it or not, you're, you're, you're doing it already by, by, being an, by being an example, by setting an example for young people that you, know, that you can expand and rise above your current circumstances and, and be, be successful. But also, you know, use you, know, like you particularly and people like us that have platforms we've been blessed with a lot. We have a responsibility to use that platform to make a positive impact on our communities. And in communities like McKeesport, it was the fourth most dangerous place in the United States in 2019 in Camden and Newark, you know, that, that, you know, guns are, you know, a scourge. Guns are, are a, a, an epidemic. And, you know, I, um, I lived abroad and for 10 years and lived in Dubai for six years and London for, for four years. And I recently came back to the United States and sometimes sort of living abroad, you can see the like America and see things more clearly. And it's America is the land of hope and opportunity. Everybody wants to come to the US for all the things it has to offer. But our problem with guns is a uniquely American problem. You know, in, in London, or in the United Kingdom, there were 160 like gun-related murders, you know, in 2020. In the United States, there were 45,000. 
Wow. The, the difference is that no one has guns in, in the United Kingdom. And I'm not suggesting taking all the guns away, but there's you, you remove the guns. They have mental health issues that need to be addressed, just like we have in the United States. And mental health is a massive issue that we need to address, but it's not mental health. It is the guns. And we need to do everything that we can, not to take guns away, but to put reasonable controls around them. You know, in, in 20, in um, 1994, you know, there was an assault weapons ban. When I was at the Giants in, in 2000 and through, through 2000 to 2004, you couldn't buy an assault, an assault weapon. Assault weapons go on the street. All of a sudden, you know, you have these massive mass shootings happening. It, it, it's it's reasonable. The majority of Americans believe in this and agree with it. We just have to have the political courage and will to get it done. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. They're not getting rid of that Second Amendment. You no. know that 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 <laughs> thing that thing been there for a long time, and yeah. people in America they're not willing to give up their guns. So I'm thinking, how do we you know fix the problem with the guns? You can't get rid of the guns. No. How do we fix the problem with the guns? Of course, I think I always love to go to the youth and and like you said, with the education, getting them, you know, equipped with knowledge early and having them not be so desensitized. I feel like America, you go to other countries, like you said, you were in Dubai, you were in London. America is so desensitized to shootings. They're so desensitized to 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 violence. You know, we see it on all of our programming all of yeah. our TV shows, all of our movies, you know, and, and it's sad to say, but like, I don't mind a TV, a, a movie that, that has a lot of violence. You know, I, I played a violent sport for a long time, you know, but the, the shootings, I feel like it has so much to do with not just the law of, you know, you can carry a gun legally in the United States, but also the messages that people are seeing on a consistent basis. And look, I think you're doing the right thing and what you're doing in, in your foundation. You know, I'm gonna keep making my push on this side, you know, and I guess what would be some advice to people that are in our shoes, you know, who don't have the platform that we have, because just like you probably feel before everything happened with your daughter, you felt obligated to do certain things. Like I feel obligated to do certain things. What about somebody that maybe doesn't have the platform that we have? What could they do? to help combat this? I think they need to, it, there, there's multiple ways to fight this battle. You know, like we, my, my family and I chose a non-political avenue through, you know, supporting, you know, people who've actually been affected by this gun, by gun violence, but we won't stop it unless we get to the root cause. It's, it's a political issue, you know, and, and it's not, it shouldn't be Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. It should be about life and death. And it, it write your congressman, your congresswoman, your senator, raise up, make it make it an issue that's going to bring you to the ballot. And not speaking about taking guns away, no no question, but like you, but you you shouldn't be able to buy a gun if you have you have a history of mental mental illness. You've yeah. been in an institution, you know, you you shouldn't be able to buy a weapon. You know, assault weapons. Like I, I come from England and I go hunting, pheasant hunting. These people are marksmen, but there's no reason why you have an AK-47 
other than to attack or a, a, an M16 or any assault type weapons. I mean, it's just not, it's not reasonable or fathomable. The police are outgunned. The police are the police have a tough job, the toughest job in the world, because every time they go up to a car, they're in fear for their lives. Right. They don't know whether the person has a gun. So yeah, it's a it's a political issue and people need to mobilize and get out and, and they vote on this matter. Like it has to be something that is critically important. And even for me, it was always important. This is something that I always believe. But until this happens to you you realize that like it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a lighter side. I saw videos from the gala that was hosted by Spice Adams. The yeah. <laughs> He's such a character. And then I also saw so many people in attendance like LeVar Arrington, Curtis Martin. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what did that night mean to you? Because that was the inaugural gala last year, right? Yeah, we, we we had an inaugural gala last year, and we had another gala this year. We had it within a, a, a year's time frame, but just all the people that came out, it was unbelievable. The NFL, you know, like um, Allison Stang could be the Giants have been like the the Maras and the Tishes. Man, this is this is La Familia for life, man. Yeah, yeah. Like they like really, really you the Giants really stepped up, man, and I, I won't forget it. But you know, even the 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 league office, you know, this was a brotherhood, you know, like Kurt Martin, who's from McKeesport, my hometown, you know, who came out, you know, Franco Harris, God rest his soul, you know, Franco showed up and came out. So just seeing so many people to come out and offer that type of support, you know, it, it, it's, it's helpful because, you know, I, I needed it and I still do, you know? Yeah, no doubt. And, and looking at your career uh, while you were playing, you played seven years, you did your first four, with the New York Giants getting drafted in the fourth round by the Giants, yeah, two years in Carolina, and then you came back to New York. Yeah, what, no what was the yeah? What was that? What was that? Did you did you that was that your choice? Like I got to go back to New York and finish my career there. Why did you go back? Well, I, I wasn't hoping to finish my career there, but I was hoping to finish it, but not in one year. Not in one year. <laughs> but not in one year. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a New York Giant. You know, like like I got drafted by the Giants. Um, you know, even when, you know, I became a free agent, John Fox was the defensive coordinator at the Giants. He picked up the phone and he drafted me. He became the coach of the Carolina Panthers and I was a free agent and that's where I went to Carolina. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had a, 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 a big cap number and had an injury and, you know, I, the, my agent said, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to go back home. You know, so you know, I came and I started and finished my career as a giant, there's no place like Big Blue. I left the country, went to Dubai, went to London, and here I am, you know, sitting in Newark right now. So, I'm, so, so it just keeps coming back, man. No doubt, no doubt. I, I started my career in New Orleans. Uh, okay. Being, I'm a Jersey boy, and you know, I signed with New York in 2015. Yeah. And Spagnola was a defensive coordinator, yep. and I had him one year in New Orleans. So Spags brought me home, yeah. you know, and I was able to play in front of my family for my last three years, which were really good years besides the last year where I was just, you know, I was hurt like every game. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's something special about playing for this franchise. Like you said, the Maras, the Tish, the Tishes, uh, Allison Stange, be like me and her, she's like, I love her so much. Every time I see her, I give her a big hug. 
you know, and she's upstairs, you know, she's not one of the coaches. She's not in the forefront. You know, she's somebody that's helped me do the things that I could do in New Jersey for the youth through the Giants. And that's why for me, I, I, I love being a Giants legend. They appoint me to so many different events with the youth play 60, uh, yeah. uh, whatever, you know, because when I first signed up, I was like, anything you got in Jersey City and New Brunswick, like if you give it to somebody else, like I'm, I'm coming upstairs, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> but the Giants, they always do a great job in in facilitating events for kids, for yeah. youth, for at-risk youth. They they go to Patterson. They give out grants every year. Uh, I, I partnered with them for my camp this weekend. Um, yeah, moving moving forward, I I see that you you you're in the finances, right? You you went to Dubai for a while, and yep. now you're on the what the the committee? What what are you the director of mergers and acquisitions for Roundhill Capital? Is no, that still what you're doing? No, I, I'm I'm a, a portfolio manager for PGM Real Estate. Okay, it's a, I'm, it's a real estate private equity company where we raise capital and invest it on on our investors' behalf, and invest it into the real estate space. So like I made the transition, you know, after I was um, after I retired from the Giants, I went to Columbia Business School, started working at Goldman Sachs in a real estate investment banking division in New York, moved to, to um, Dubai with Goldman. They moved to London with a real estate private equity firm. And now I'm back in the U.S., you know, with Pigeon Real Estate. So what's next for you uh and what's next for the foundation you have any events coming up anytime soon i know you just finished with your second gala yeah and what else is go i guess next let's go foundation first what's next for the foundation and then what's next for brandon short so we're, so we the 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 gala is a, a focal point to bring people's attention to the event again but we do you know fundraising efforts you know they they year round we'll probably do you know a tailgate at a penn state football game and then our next gala i, I believe my wife has it scheduled for june 8th um in pittsburgh at the omni william penn but you know we like we're you know working with our kids now working with the university about getting a former mentorship program for each one of our scholars because I've personally mentored the first three, but you know as it grows, it's going to I won't have the capacity to mentor you know fifteen kids. So we're looking at you know assigning you know a former alumni mentor to each one of our our students, and we're made we're looking at potentially even to expanding into other schools. That's awesome, and so. Brandon Short, what do you have on the agenda next besides, of course, the foundation work that you're doing? Well, I mean, my goal now is to come back and, and to we're we're I'm a part of a great organization with with PGM, who they've been very supportive of the foundation as well um, to launch this fund and make make it as successful, you know, as possible. Um, to grow it and grow the business. You know, I'm in a unique position where I'm a portfolio manager and I'm a, really a senior person in the fund. Um, and, you know, beyond that, you know, hopefully, you know, continue to make an impact on the world, you know, make a positive impact in people's lives. And, you know, when, you know, when I'm gone, leave it a little bit better for other people. Well, I guess we can end on that note, man. Look, it was a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure studying up about your story. My condolences to you and your family. Your daughter sounds like a, such a special human being, you know, and I'm, I'm so glad somebody like you 
you know, is able to kind of carry on her legacy and do so much for others. So thank you again for your time. Uh, this is Jonathan Casillas with the Giant Huddle Podcast. My man, Brandon Short. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Thanks.